Welcome to Movies Are Life. I'm your host, Nathan Chandler, and I feel it in my fingers, I feel it in my toes, Christmas is all around me, and so the feeling grows. That's right, we are talking about the Christmas romantic comedy classic, Love Actually, that is number 24 on the 50 best rom-coms list. Here in a bit, returning guest and lover of all things British, Todd Ferguson will join me as we break down this film. Not only are we going to break it down, we attempt to rank all the storylines in Love Actually from worst to best. Whitney is here in the studio with me. How are you, Whitney? I'm doing great. Doing great. So, off the top of your head, I've given you no warning to this. What is your favorite storyline from Love Actually? Oh, my favorite? I went to my worst uh, first. What's Um, your worst, then? My worst is I don't see any need for the porn one. Yeah. Because it, like, keeps me from being able to show it. Like, when we watched it growing up, I couldn't have my niece and nephew in there. And I guess I... I like that it just takes the like sex out of it and you just don't care, but it's just weird. I don't like it. Yeah. yeah. Todd said pretty much uh, almost the same thing. Todd and I are cut from the same cloth. <laughs> yes, We're both yes. prude, I guess. <laughs> that one. And then four is I do not care about the relationship with the cute guy um, and his maid. Oh, you lady. don't like that with Colin Firth? Yeah. Oh, I really don't. like Colin Firth, but... I've never, like, I truly, I think you can't be in love with somebody that you can't speak to. Okay. Because for me, it's all about having intellectual conversations. And so obviously they just both think each other are cute. Like, and he does, she does stuff for him. I don't like it. So you don't believe in love at first sight? No. (laughs) Hot hot take. Hot take. Hot take. (laughs) Those are my worst. My favorite... I think is the, I don't know. I I mean, I like a lot of the stories. The one I always like feel for is the lady in the office. But I think it's because I like when the movie came out, I was single like that lady in the office and had crushes like that. Yeah. And so I just like felt for her. I think it was about the timing of when I first saw it for me. Yeah. You had to Um, take care of your brother. And then now going back. No. Yeah. (laughs) Had to take care of my brother. Um, And now going back to watch it, uh, the lady, the mom that's like doing all the things and her husband, that story just like guts me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for Mm -hmm. sure. Well, um, it's officially award season and there have already been some critics associations that have handed out trophies to the best movies of the year. Um, But this past Monday, the Golden Globes just released their nomination. And uh, there's there's a lot of great podcasts that really break down the awards race. And so, you know, I'm not trying to do that. But um, the Golden Globes, when they come out, and even though the Hollywood Foreign Press Association has had their fair share of controversy, and regardless of what you think about them, their lists are usually kind of an idea of like what's out there and like what people are buzzing and talking about and what the Academy will recognize come Oscar season. So I just, you, I'm pretty sure you haven't seen the nomination list, correct? No, I haven't at all. I'm worried you're going to make me name them and I no, 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 never no. know names. No, I just, I'm going to name them really fast and just, I just, anything that just kind of lights you up here. So, so remember the Golden Globes has two categories. They have drama, and then the other category is musical or comedy. So the best motion picture nominees for drama are Anatomy of a Fall. Didn't see it. <laughs> Killers of the Flower Moon. Saw it. Saw it. Uh, Maestro. Have you heard about that one? No. Nope. It's coming out on Netflix soon. Is Bradley Cooper. Hadn't even come out yet. Hasn't even I, come out yet. That's dumb. Yep. <laughs> Oppenheimer. Okay. Past Lives. I didn't see it. And The Zone of Interest. Oh, those yeah. are definitely dramas. Yeah. 
Guess I'm going for the one I saw, which is Killers of the Flower Moon coming at you from Oklahoma. <laughs> yep. Um, so best motion picture, musical or comedy? First one, Air. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's but, a comedy? It, it had comedic elements to it. Okay. Remember when Matt Damon's talking to the agent and they have that whole back and forth? I and... mean, I was rolling. <laughs> American, I did like that movie. American Fiction? I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it hasn't uh, hasn't come out yet. Wide yet, yeah. That's dumb. I know. It's always unfair. I would love to see all these movies beforehand. Barbie. Okay. Okay. Hopefully. The Holdovers, which we want to see. Oh, with Paul yeah. Giamatti. Mm-hmm. Yep. May, December. Oh, watching it. Yeah, we, we've started I, it. It's a B-rated movie. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting. We haven't, but, we haven't finished it yet. No, but they're, they're filming it to look like a B-rated movie. I don't yeah. get it. Yeah. <laughs> and then the last one is Poor Things. That's the new one with Emma Stone. They're uh, all... Nobody's seen them. I know. That's I know. stupid. <laughs> okay. But so, I like those movies. Yeah. You, Apparently I only like comedy. You, you might have a um, more uh, more of opinion on these. So best, uh, best television series drama. Okay. Uh, 1923. Oh. Yeah. Okay. That's a Harrison Ford. Yeah. It's like a Yellowstone spinoff. Oh. Yeah. 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 The Crown. Okay. Okay. The Diplomat, which we started, but we haven't yeah. finished yet. <laughs> with Carrie Russell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Last of Us, which is the zombie one. Uh-huh. You didn't watch that with us. The Morning Show. <laughs> oh, that made it on the list? Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. They don't watch TV. They, they just get nominations. Yeah. This thing's stupid. It's rigged. And the last one is Succession. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And so, and then for a comedy, musical or comedy, uh, first one's Abbott Elementary. Okay. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Hallie would be a fan of that one. Me too. <laughs> uh, Barry. Okay. Okay. The Bear. Oh. <laughs> the Bear just is a whole bunch of yelling all the time, uh, yelling. Yeah. Uh, wait that for, should be a drama. Yeah. Wait for this one. Jury Duty. Oh my gosh! I it has got to win. <laughs> I don't know if, if you could, if Hallie got picked up Hallie on the mic. Screaming there. from the other room, she loves Jerry Duty. Uh, oh. I love Jerry Duty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, only murderers in the building, mm. which we never started. So the, boring. The last season. They're and just it, funny people. I like them together. And it has Paul Rudd and Meryl Streep. I this love season. them in it. Yeah. But it's literally like a bunch of famous people said, "Let's get let's get held up in an apartment together and just talk." Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And I like them, but what they're talking about is just blah. Yeah, yeah. And then the last one is uh, Ted Lasso. Oh, is that still this year? Oh yeah, yeah. this year. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, jury duty. Come on, jury duty. <laughs> that, Go with the wild card. I, I would say that would be a pretty dark horse if that one won. Well. Good. <laughs> well, let's dive into the heartwarming world of Love Actually, the ultimate holiday classic that has been warming hearts and sparking debate since its release. Is Love Actually the ultimate romantic comedy or just a festive guilty pleasure? Both. <laughs> Universal Pictures invites you. What's the best sex you've ever had? Britney Spears. No, I ain't kidding. <laughs> she was rubbish. To take everything you know about love. You have this kind of problem? Yeah, of course you did, you saucy mings. And multiply it by eight. All you need... Hello. ...is love, actually. All right, I am so excited to bring in one of my best friends, Todd Ferguson. How are you doing, Todd? Hey, Nathan. I am great. I'm excited to talk about this movie. 
Yeah, it, it was to no surprise uh, for me that you quickly signed up for this movie because uh, ever since I've known you, you have just enjoyed British culture as a whole. Yes, yes. absolutely. I have been an Anglophile since watching British sitcoms on PBS at my grandmother's house when I was eight, nine years old. Yeah. So uh, did you like uh, like the Faulty Towers like that sitcom or? I missed that when I was little, but okay. um, keeping up appearances. Okay. Absolutely. We would watch that with Hyacinth Bouquet. Okay. And, and then of course, when we were in middle school, high school, all of Monty Python. Yeah. Um, just, yes. British humor. Um, it's one of my favorite styles of humor. Yeah. I love it. I show I showed uh, the girls Monty Python in the Holy Grail not too long ago, yeah. uh, and so um, I can't say that they were like uh, intrigued. You know, I kind of even in the moment of watching it realized like just how different. I mean, it definitely was different for its time, but how that is just so not the style now. And so, right. And, and Hallie would not laugh at all the things, but she would laugh, you know, occasionally. But I mean, she kind of kept looking at me like, what in the world is this? <laughs> well, even this morning, my three year old son, Henry, came in like he woke up, he found a broom immediately when he woke up, he found a broom, started writing on it, and he said, I'm a witch, I'm a witch. And so <laughs> I just naturally said in the Monty Python accent, which I'm horrible at, but you know, She's a witch. She's a witch. And he's like, what? And I was like, hold on. So I pulled it up on YouTube and I'm showing him she's a witch scene. And he's like, I mean, he's three and a half, you know? Yeah. Um, he's not getting it. But I'm like in the kitchen cracking up because <laughs> they're brilliant. Yeah. 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 yeah and I, Allie, they haven't uh, gotten to the whole King Arthur thing yet in school yet, you know, and that sort of thing. Right. A lot of that stuff, a lot of that history they haven't learned about, but, um, well, I do have to say, um, part of knowing this about you and then just as we were going through college and all these things, and if it's okay to mention a little bit, when you met Emma and you told us about yes. Emma's family history, we were just like, I mean, even, I don't know when you told us exactly, but it was almost like, well, the, yeah, they're they're going to get married. <laughs> <laughs> I know the fact that I married a British American and I have British in-laws. It's funny. And I know this is a podcast. People can't see me, but behind me is a mug rack for our British tea mugs because my wife drinks British tea every morning. <laughs> um, and so that's what my background is, all my, my British tea mugs. <laughs> Seems like a much better habit than uh, my Diet Coke that I have in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> tomato, tomato. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so all that said, um, do you do you even remember uh, when you first saw this film? I was trying to think about that. I don't remember. But, I mean, we were seniors in college when it came out, sort of the Christmas yeah, it came I'm out in senior in yeah, college. Yeah, you're right. Christmas of 2003. And I must have seen it in the theaters. Um, you know, here's a, I loved Notting Hill. I loved Mr. Bean. You know, I didn't know that that guy was the director. I only found that out looking it up in preparation for this podcast. But um, I, 
I just remember seeing the previews and going, of course I'm going to watch that. Like <laughs> it, it's a British and yeah, it's a British show, a movie, of course. So I must've seen it in the theaters. So maybe during Christmas break of my senior year, um, I don't know. I mean, did we go see it together? I don't remember this. Okay. So I, I guess I was kind of setting you up a little bit because I have a story for this, but I don't know if you were part of this experience. So Got it. Uh, being part of the communications department, I, I don't know how this came about, but basically they were seeking out um, college students to basically uh, be the representative of a screening of this movie before it came out. And so um, I, I volunteered for it. I didn't really know what it meant at the time. I totally completely know now, but basically, and you'll see them from time to time, especially in big cities, but they basically, Hey, come see our movie. And they try to get as many people there as you can, but they only accept it's like a first come first serve type of basis mm -hmm. type of thing. And so I remember passing it out to a lot of my friends and anyway, but basically <laughs> how old were we around then? I, I guess like, 21 22 yeah 22 and so i get there and i am like the person that is basically letting people in and having to tell people okay we're full <laughs> go away <laughs> and it, it was like I, I i'm a little bit better at that stuff now but you could ask whitney or a lot of people that know that's just not like my forte right. uh yeah and i mean it was just like it was the, I just did not know or expect as many people as there was. And uh, the movie theater in Waco, Texas is act, was actually a really <laughs> popular theater, a lot of people and that sort of thing. And so uh, anyway, so I, I don't know if you saw it then, but my other story with that was that I was also, um, because I, it's fair to say I was, I was a lot more prude uh, back then, but I didn't quite know about the content in the movie. And right. definitely, um, definitely the couple of John and Judy, who are the stand-ins, <laughs> nude stand-ins for this movie. Like, right. I was terrified that I was just like, I had invited all these friends and basically <laughs> I, I didn't have a seat myself, but I would come in occasionally to pop in. And I saw that on screen and I was like, oh my gosh, it was just like. <laughs> it's like my first nightmare <laughs> completely. So yeah, that, that was my I know, experience. I know. Yeah. That whole storyline changes. I mean, it changes the rating of the movie, you know, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. but it absolutely changes it from like, I can put this on when the kids are on, you know, it, I can't do that with this movie because of that scene yeah. with Martin Freeman. So yeah. Yeah. And so uh, <laughs> anyway, for a long time I had, uh, I, I got, I did get a lot of, because I was like, <laughs> quote unquote, controlling the situation. I didn't really get to see the movie at the time, but I got a lot of free swag. So, so for the longest time I had a long sleeve, it was like a beige long sleeve cotton uh, shirt. And it just said love actually on the front. <laughs> that was it. So I had that for a really long time. But anyway, yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't think I was a part of that. Uh, Cause I don't remember you telling me I couldn't go into a movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> I probably, <laughs> yeah, probably so. Um, yeah, well, but it definitely was a movie that I watched in the theaters, but then I bought after. Like I, I definitely owned the DVD of it. Mm -hmm. And then we own digitally now. Like it's just one of those movies that we absolutely own digitally. Yeah, yeah. And and I will say that this is a film that I, I have seen many, many times. And before we like completely kind of break it down, I will say that um, it's 
kind of a movie. I, I think it has high highs and kind of some low lows. Um, but mm -hmm. I think over time, it's almost its success has made it very easy uh, for it to be criticized. Like it, it's kind of hard. There's been so many cynical takes on some of the scenes in it and mm -hmm. so many things that have been, like been parodied and stuff like that, that like I had to kind of <clears> in <throat> mind like putting that on the back shelf and trying to take it more of an approach of like kind of seeing it for the first time. So, uh, but, um, you know, and there were a lot of, there were, you know, thinking back, it, this movie is actually, I think really revolutionary for the genre um, because now certainly there's been movies before that have these multiple storylines and how these characters intersect, but I don't think a rom-com that had ever really done it before. And so uh, I think it's very innovative in that, but there were so many poor spinoffs from this. Oh, <laughs> I, think I, I think that's kind of what's hurt it. Like uh, I was, I know there's been a lot more than this, but Valentine's day came to mind and new year's yep. Eve. Um, I believe I've seen both of those movies and I can also <laughs> tell you nothing about those movies at all. Like just well, even, even 30 rock did a spoof on the show of all of these movies based off of love actually, but you know, Valentine's day, um, new year's Eve. And then they did a spoof on MLK day. That was their holiday that they all <laughs> intertwined in to have these sappy love stories for MLK. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, it definitely became it definitely became a thing. And um, actually, it, I almost wish I hadn't like listened to this first before watching this movie. But um, it got passed along to me an audiobook, and uh, the author is Lindy West, and she's a very popular um, just columnist. And uh, th this book is so the title of the book is "Shit Actually: The Definitive Hundred <laughs> Percent Objective Guide to Modern C Cinema." And I mean, the book is completely like full of cynicism, but she's take, she takes movies like Forrest Gump and Speed 2. And anyway, she, really, really funny. But I mean, completely breaks down. Like if, if you have any kind of attachment uh, to any of the movies she covers, covers your feelings will get hurt very, very quickly. <laughs> but, but it's actually like so... But this original, I don't know if it was a blog post originally or whatever, but it's like it became like a, a viral thing that like people actually read every Christmas, almost like <laughs> like the Christmas story and stuff like that. Um, so it's really funny. But uh, you, I, I need to send it to you. Uh, just I think you would appreciate it. So it's one of those like if, you know, if you almost like if you love something so much, you can see the humor in what she's finding in these uh, situations. Absolutely. Yeah. So if anybody hasn't seen this movie before, uh, Love Actually, it was released in 2003 and it's a Christmas romantic comedy film written and directed by Richard Curtis, who, by the way, Todd, has his fingerprints all over this 50 best films list I'm coming to find. Uh, you know, he wow. uh, wrote it and directed uh, Notting Hill. Uh, we haven't covered Bridget Jones' Diary yet, but he's written that. Um, and then, um, and of course, like Hugh Grant keeps popping up <laughs> in these movies as well. But uh, basically, Love Actually is a heartwarming tale of improbable romantic entanglements where everyone conveniently finds love in the most absurd, interconnected ways possible. It's a festive journey through the tangled web of relationships featuring a stellar cast of characters who miraculously manage to solve all their love problems in the span of a few holiday weeks. <laughs> love Actually is a guilty pleasure that you indulge in once a year, knowing it's a bit over the top. So I, would you agree with that last sentiment? That is a perfect description <laughs> yeah. of like, this is on our rotation 
for holiday Christmas movies. We throw it on, we watch it while we're either wrapping presents or doing something. Um, my wife loves this movie. Um, and, but we also don't have to pay close attention to it because we've seen it every year, you know? Yeah. And it, but as long as the music's playing from the soundtrack, like it makes us happy. And it is over the top. It absolutely is over the top. It and is I think that is okay during Christmas. <laughs> yeah. You know, and uh, obviously now there's like tons of Christmas movies, especially I would say even more so with the streaming services now, you know, everybody's mm -hmm. trying to create like their own, their own spin on the holidays. So um, it's probably not totally, especially the Hallmark channel. I'm sure there's plenty of romantic plus slash, you know, Christmas movies or whatever. But um, I really think this was, uh, I, I, I'm sure I'm wrong, but this was really one that was like full on rom-com, but also full on like Christmas feeling as well. You know? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And I think one thing I will say kind of, and I almost kind of knew this in the back of my head, also a very long movie uh, for <laughs> a romantic comedy. There are a lot of storylines that they have to wrap up in time for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. You know, the original movie actually had 14 stories originally planned. Uh, two of them were later cut um, before the filming and the other two uh, ended up on the cutting room floor. And one of the storylines was actually between a lesbian couple, but yeah, so they're apparently they're on the deleted scenes of that DVD you owned, but oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, I don't even have a DVD player anymore. So <laughs> yeah, have to figure out how to watch them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so there was definitely a lot more. And from what I read, Richard Curtis actually originally started, he had the two stories he had in mind as being, basically the only stories was uh, between David and Natalie, Hugh Grant as the prime mm -hmm. minister. And then the one with, um, sorry, there's so many names in here, Jamie and Aurelia, Colin first character. So those were kind of the mm -hmm. ones he had. And then I think he realized like both of them weren't mm, like strong enough to carry like a full movie. Uh, and so right. the other ones kind of came in and you can kind of feel that watching this movie. Absolutely. I mean, there's only so much you can do with like struggling in English and Portuguese. You know, I think they fleshed that out as much as they could. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you can tell their scenes too. And we'll, we're going to hit all, all the little storylines pretty quickly, but you can see that too. And uh, the prime minister's story also, I think that you could tell, especially with um, as the American uh, president visit uh, played by Billy Bob mm -hmm. Thornton. You can tell that was almost probably something they would have wanted to flesh out a little bit more, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. And I, and I had always remembered that uh, scene and then watching it this time, I realized like kind of like how fast it is. <laughs> you know, it was like, wow, that all really occurred in a really short time frame. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. I do think to me, I think the appeal is definitely the comedic parts, but there, there are some true, uh, I think emotional moments as well. Do you think that's something that is drawn you and Emma to this movie? Absolutely. I think, um, it hits like your opening description said there are some highs, high highs and low lows. There are like really touching emotional moments that kind of make you tear up, make you sad. But then there's also like some just funny, goofy things like, Colin's journey to America. 
<laughs> which are over the top and silly. <laughs> yes, very much. So uh, this is kind of a involved question, I guess, but do you think this movie is a realistic portrayal of love in any way, or is it kind of more just like the fantasy feel good version of the like romantic entanglements? Yeah, I think what this movie does is it uses the extremes to talk about, and it, it the movie is aptly titled to talk about how love actually is. You know, you have Laura Linney's character choosing the really difficult, ugly love of, um, you know, an emotionally handicapped or mentally handicapped brother over her crush, you know? Yeah. Um, it's in the extreme, you know? We heard that Nokia ringtone so many times in that movie. Um, so they're using these over-the-top scenes. They're pushing the boundaries of like what's realistic to yeah. show, I think, the, yeah, the, the multifaceted view of love. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't, I couldn't help but think also, I, I don't know. Did Emma watch it with you this time or did you watch it on your own? I watched it on my own, but it was playing in the background. Yeah. Um, and so she could hear it and she knows every word, word for word. So she was following along <laughs> right with me. Um, like, like a lot of movies, I think from this time. So this movie is actually celebrating its 20th anniversary. I was kind of reminded more so of like, uh, this being kind of a little bit more exploration of different types of loves, like you mentioned with Laura Lenny's character, you know, like, uh, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about like Billy Mack and <laughs> in between <laughs> him and his manager, friendship, you know, uh, that sort of right. thing. And so, yeah, I think that's kind of maybe almost the ultimate appeal, even though people may definitely remember the more romantic quote unquote romantic part of these movies. I think what really makes this hold up are, are those kind of emotional connections. Like, uh, Wendy too kind of caught little bits and pieces here and there. She's seen it so many times, but she loves the moment where, um, where David, the prime minister comes to the play and his sister is thrilled that like he's come <laughs> to like see the children, yes. you know, like the, the, those little moments, you know? So, um, well, okay. So to kind of help us move along, cause there's just a lot, <laughs> there's a lot you could really <laughs> unpack from this movie. So I thought it'd be a little, a lot. <laughs> yeah, I thought it'd be a little uh, fun to maybe just quickly hit these different storylines. And so, um, so I have personally ranked them from worst to best in my eyes. Uh, and then, um, Todd's going to kind of throw in maybe like if he thinks I'm wrong, <laughs> that sort of thing. And I will say, I would say there was probably like a, uh, like definitely a middle line. And there's like, the storylines are on one side and the other storylines are on the other side and kind of on both sides. I really struggled to where to put you know, each yes. one. Yep. So, um, Drumble, please. I think the worst story in here is Colin's journey to America. And when I was telling you that before uh, hitting record on this, you're like, but it makes me really laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so, in fact, before I was uh, getting on this on the computer to record this with you today, my wife said, you know, I was in the bedroom listening to you watching it in the living room. And I was, she said, you were belly laughing and at the american scene and i was like yes that's actually it's not my favorite storyline i mean it's it's the most over the top it's the most silly 
Yeah. But the they're just having fun. Like, and I mean, the writers are just having fun. Um, well, in, in and, particular, taking shots at America, which is totally. Uh, absolutely. Totally, totally my, <laughs> one of my favorite lines in the whole movie is, and I even repeat it, like I'll say it in everyday life and it's, and he's a Christian. Like when he says, praise the Lord. And she's like, and he's a Christian. And I'm just like, yes. Well, um, but I could totally see it being the bottom. I, I get that. I respect that decision. Yeah, for me, I, I I don't really think it's that funny. It's just it's almost like too too over the top, like for me to even care. Uh, so unrealistic. I just it, it just bugs me. I, I I don't know why. It just does. And so. the, the actresses they chose. I mean, so I guess three out of the four of them went on to have careers. Yeah, I don't yeah. know the fourth, but like you know, January Jones. Yeah. And, um, a lot is it Eliza Cuthbert? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Denise Richards. Yeah. Um, and then there's the random, which I don't. Maybe she had a career. I don't know her. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you uh, talk about? Mm, uh, yeah, I don't know who she is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So number eight for me, we kind of talked about it a little bit. It's the John and Judy uh, storyline uh, between these uh, two uh, stand-ins, Martin Freeman and Joanna Page. Once again, like it's to me, it's one of those, um, I, I, I definitely can see what they were going for, you know, but it yeah. almost sounds like a joke you talk about, like at a party, like nothing to ever fill up, like scenes in a movie <laughs> and uh that's just how yeah. i feel about it so i would i would agree with that i would put john and judy as my bottom mm -hmm. because i think actually if they cut it out the rating goes down to a pg-13 and for me personally i could like show it to my parents and yeah um, we could watch it as a family um but with that scene or with that line in there um yeah and i like you said i get what they're doing Right. They're trying to show that this innocent relationship blossoms in the midst of the least innocent career. Yeah. Um, but if they didn't have that, it wouldn't take away from the movie. Nope. I mean, they're not super connected to other characters. They're not brothers or sisters to the other characters, you know? And so I think they should just cut it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and in fact, I, I read that like for TV versions, because this romantic comedy does run over two hours uh, to get it, you know, to make it basically fit in the time slots that TV has a lot of cuts, uh, take these scenes out completely. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and, and the movie doesn't change. The no. movie does not change. Right, exactly. So, um, okay, so number seven for me was actually, uh, I feel like you might uh, argue a little bit for this one, but it's the Laura Lenny uh, storyline uh, between Sarah and Carl and then her brother. Uh, uh, and I don't know if you want to respond first or I can tell you why <laughs> I have it there. Um, go for it. You, you okay. Go for it. <laughs> I do. I do. I do like what this story is going for as far as this, like, uh, you know, the relationship she has with her brother, that, that kind of avenue that I talked about a little bit, like just kind of a different type of love and commitment, you know? Um, I think the actual storyline of this girl in the office who has the crush with the guy and that I just, I think is just even up to 2003 had been played out probably in so many sitcoms before. I just, you know, uh, 
I just didn't really care much between the, about the relationship between Sarah and Carl. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. It's definitely on my bottom of the list. Um, it does have a couple, like when, with um, Alan Rickman, when she's asking, well, does everyone know? He's like, yes. Does he know? Yes. You know, and then immediately he walks in and she's like, hi, Carl. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Cause we, other we, than that, we, we've I all, think, we've yeah. all been in that spot before, right? Like where right. you think nobody else knows and everybody totally knows. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but I think you're right. I think there may be other ways to show love that's difficult or love that chooses, like love that wills itself to choose. Um, but it's one of the lesser engaging stories. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Uh, okay. So number six, I have, um, this will be, uh, I'm so interested to hear your <laughs> take on this, but I think it's uh, the relationship between Juliet, Peter, and I'm sorry, Juliet, Juliet, uh, and Peter and Mark. So, uh, yep. Andrew Lincoln, Kiera Knightley, uh, He's a great actor. I always mispronounce his name, but she is a four. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, I'll let you kind of talk about this a little bit. Yeah, I, I would put it um, at the bottom of the list. For me, I think Colin's Journey to America would be right above it, but this would be the next because um, there's a creeper element to it. Yes. Um, when <laughs> you, he goes to the wait, wait, door. What are, you what are you talking about? The super cut of all the close-ups of her? <laughs> yeah. You're, and you're like, saying that's creepy? And she takes it uh, well. <laughs> but but then, and, and here's what always baffled me. She goes out into the street after he does his big show of The cards. Love. Yeah. yeah. The cards. The famous card scene. Um and she kisses him on the lips. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't know if that was the right response. Yeah. I think yeah. maybe a, a like, I mean, British people ki uh, kiss each other on the cheeks all the time. Like, that's how they do it. They say hello by kissing cheeks. If she had done that, that'd been okay. But she kisses him on the lips. And I'm like, oh, that's even more creepy. So I think, you know. Yeah, Keira Knightley, gorgeous, amazing to watch, but the storyline's not there. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. creepy. Yeah, yeah, and honestly, I think it's a story that could uh, play out almost pretty well as its own movie. I think there's, you know, some interesting uh, things you can you could explore with it, but I think the like supercut is kind of weird. But I think it does. It's definitely one of the most memorable storylines from this movie. One we talked about the the card scene, um, but um, also the the wedding at the beginning uh, when he's th there was a surprise, you know, choir like right. <laughs> singing and stuff. Which I'm I'm sorry, any good bride would know exactly everybody that's like in <laughs> that 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 chapel. <laughs> but, yes. you know, yeah, yeah. But um, I thought you appreciate was this. Was this uh, Keira Knightley's big breakthrough movie? Yeah, it was. It was one of her first ones, so. at least for Americans. I mean, yeah. I know she did Pride and Prejudice later. Yeah, you know, after this, but yeah. 
for Americans. I feel like this was my first introduction to her. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I thought you'd appreciate this, but um, apparently uh, they got the idea for that 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 song being played during the wedding because at Jim Henson's funeral, which you love the Muppets and Jim absolutely, <laughs> Henson, um, which uh, Richard Curtis actually attended. Uh, all the pop, uh, all the puppeteers brought their Muppets and sang a song uh, apparently during his funeral. So that's where the idea sprung from. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's something I did not know about Jim Henson. Yeah. Yeah. So now take it with a grain of salt. I got it from the internet. So there you go. (laughs) The internets are always true. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So uh, for the next one, I have. So this is where I actually probably kind of struggled a little bit with these next rankings. And honestly, like on a good day, somebody could convince me to shift them around or whatever. Uh, But the next one I have is actually. Uh, even though it plays out a lot in the movie is David, the prime minister played by Hugh Grant and Natalie. Um, mm-hmm. That's where I put that one. Yeah. I, for me, that's my favorite. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I totally, I totally can say Hugh Grant. Like, I mean, it's especially watching some of the movies that have been on this rom-com list. He's a, he's amazing. And it's actually watching these performances, it's pretty amazing to see how he actually does tweaks on different ones. And it's still like Hugh Grant, but it is like different <laughs> takes or whatever like that. Right. But right. Um, he's great. I just kind of put it here a little bit for me. Um, I, I mean, I, I will say the Natalie stuff just hasn't aged super well as far as like, you know, the thick thighs and those kind of comments. Oh, no. Cause I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like that's a, anyway. so that's another line that my wife and I will say, like we'll go, what do we call her? And whatever the word is, you know, in the movie they say chunky, I think. Yeah, or yeah, chubby. yeah. Chubby um, or something like that. Yeah. You know, and she's absolutely not chubby. Like the poor actress was, you know, anyway, she's not chubby. But um that's one of the memorable lines that we will always repeat. Like, mm, what do we say? You know, she's or he's. And then we'll say whatever adjective. Yeah, um, I think that's why I like it, and I like the storyline. So, like, in the cultural context of this movie, you know, nine eleven had happened. Mm-hmm. They mentioned nine eleven in the yeah. opening act with Hugh Grant's voiceover. Yeah, and this movie is it. It, it has a political statement in it you know mm-hmm. in this middle in the midst of a rom-com in the midst of a christmas movie it is making a political statement that um i think the lesser the smaller ally in the war on terror britain um at least in this fictional world stood up um to america and um i thought that was just an interesting addition to the movie um I think Tony Blair was the prime minister then. Yeah, he was. You know, and, and he he and George W. were they were friends. You know, they were buds, as far as I can tell. You know, I'm not best friends with either of them. But <laughs> you, you um, weren't you weren't out at George's Bush. Um, I was not I, at George's ranch. Totally missed what there. <laughs> you, weren't, you weren't. Yeah, you weren't out at uh, Bush's ranch. Uh, yeah, out in Crawford. Mm-hmm. You didn't ever go out there when you guys lived in Lincoln. No, no. But when we were at Baylor, I did see Secret Service working at the gym, working yeah. out at the gym. Yeah, uh, I, I got yeah, to, I got to film him once uh, coming in uh, uh, on uh, 
I'm losing the name of it. Air Force One, one time. Oh wow! Yeah, oh, that's awesome. No. Uh, um, yeah. So for this, I I like this. I like um, I like Natalie's character. I like Hugh Grant's character. I like the idea of Prime Minister, uh, the Prime Minister. Um, so for me, it's like very British, and so yes, I think I was yeah. attracted to that. Yeah, and I think that's almost kind of why I have it in the middle is because mm -hmm. even though you know it is about David and Natalie in this relationship, I think it's more just about David and just what happens to David. I think Natalie yes. kind of becomes like a subplot to it, and so that's kind of why for me it's in the middle, even though it's probably the more the thing you kind of like latch yourself onto. I mean, it's definitely him dancing uh, to the Pointer Sister song. I mm -hmm. mean, there's those moments that you remember. Um, and so that's kind of why I had it in the middle. Cause I think, yeah, I think it's definitely like kind of going all in with David and uh, kind of, I, I don't think Natalie gets her due really. Right. And you could even see, I mean, some of the, the genetic heritage from Notting Hill, you know, so here's a, famous powerful person falling in love with a non-famous powerful person mm -hmm. and it just happens that hugh grants the opposite role um yeah and it's not you're i think you're right i didn't think about that it's not really about natalie it's about david yeah um, that's interesting yeah well uh at number four kind of was a little surprised to find myself putting it on here but i have billy mack and played by bill nye and uh yeah and relationship between his manager joe uh because uh kind of going back to what we talked about even though it's not necessarily this romantic love i think the just uh um uh, admiration or finally being able to see what's kind of been in front of you the whole time. And as he's getting older, um, and mm -hmm. I think it's probably fair to say, um, we're, we're not quite at Billy Max age that he is in this movie, <laughs> but I think I can, I think I can appreciate that storyline a little bit more as far as like mm -hmm. paying more attention to the people that are close to you versus like trying to appeal to the, the masses, if that makes sense. And it, I agree. And it's, um, I like how they did it without making it sappy. Um, yeah. It's still a kind of a crass storyline. He's still kind of a jerk. Yeah. But um, he, but at the end, I, my, I have it written down because one of my favorite lines, he, he says, come, let's get pissed and watch porn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I, I, I think, I mean, there's lots of funny moments in this movie, but I think consistently the scenes are... Uh, funny that he's in that Billy Max in like every time it's like every scene like he de he delivers the lines perfectly and um it's yeah. kind of a uh it, it works out pretty nicely i mean we not, i guess technically we start with uh Hugh Grant's voiceover but really mm -hmm. uh, Billy Max's song is kind of you know <laughs> is the background to everybody else's like story, like on purpose, Absolutely. you know? And so I do think it's actually kind of genius how it's kind of the later background as this is going, you know? So mm -hmm. as far as like security guards, like watching a music video and not doing their job, I don't know what <laughs> that would happen necessarily, but you know, I, I definitely see what, uh, what uh, he was going for. <laughs> yeah. And his, that, yeah, you're right. And that song is the motif throughout the entire soundtrack uh, or the, the score. Um, they take that song and they weave it through a lot of the score and yeah. it just sets it, it sets it up well. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. So uh, number three, I had Jamie and Aurelia. So Colin Firth and Lucia Moniz, I want to say. Uh, anyway, um, I would say I can also probably actually, I, I'm probably more connected to this one than like if somebody didn't like the storyline, I could totally see it. But I just, uh, I don't know. I just, I like the romanticism of two people who aren't actually able to speak each other's languages. And I think the, how they play with that uh, translation, you know, between each other or, you know, how they get lost in translation is just cute. I, I like the whole scene where the, uh, his uh, papers go flying into the pond and how they play with that. And then uh, definitely the end when he goes and finds her and that sort of thing. So uh, anyway, that's just, I, I guess that storyline plays more to the sappy side of me. Yeah. I love it. I, for me, I would put that below David and Natalie. Yeah. But still in the top. Um, and w another f favorite line is when the his nieces are like, "I hate Uncle Jamie," and it just, for some reason that line has always stuck with me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, another little tidbit: apparently, uh, Colin Firth has a brother named Jamie, and he pushed to have that character's name uh just for that scene for when they say i hate jamie because he found it kind of amusing <laughs> that they were saying that about his brother so anyway seems, as you awesome. as you who has an older brother i think you could actually see that uh playing yeah. out <laughs> i totally get that <laughs> yeah, yeah um so number two uh this new two number one i could probably like switch a little bit but it's the I don't know. You can't even really call it a love triangle, but between Harry, Karen, and Mia, uh, with Alan mm -hmm. Rickman, Emma Thompson, and I'm gonna totally massacre Mia's name, Heike McCats. I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah. So um, I think I think because well, really, almost why I put this at number one is just because Emma Thompson's the queen. Like mm -hmm. she's Absolutely. amazing in this movie. <laughs> so um, I. Anyway, I want to hear what you think about it before I talk more about it. Yeah, and I think it absolutely has to be one of the top two or three. Um, and yet it's not a sappy romance. Right. It, it is emotional. It plunges the depths of, you know, when she puts on that CD, and I'm going blank on the um, the artist. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but, why am I going blank on her? Joni Mitchell. Yeah. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Joni Mitchell. When they, when she puts that on and she talks about like Joni Mitchell taught your cold English wife how to feel, you know, that's, that's a great line. Um, and when she steps out of the room after opening the gift to melt down, but then she holds it together and goes yeah. back out. And so, I mean, it just plunges into the depths. Um, you know, in the the epilogue, they they're still together, but things are are rocky still. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think I think it was beautiful acting. Um, yeah, yeah. I I would say um, probably uh, probably would have to be more maybe more of the realistic kind of storyline of them all. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. but, uh, I yeah that scene where. Emma Thompson goes into the room to just cry and just 
uh, I just admired how long they are just willing to stick with that scene. Uh, a lot of movies wouldn't do that. They'd probably actually go more towards her like her wing stuff or, the, you know, kind of going for the showy thing. When in fact, the more showy thing is her just really sitting in those emotions. And yeah, yeah. it's truly heartbreaking, but the, also the way, uh, and I, I don't, I don't know. I probably seen it with different eyes now. Um, I, I always admire Whitney and other mothers who, despite going through very emotional stuff. No, I'm saying that we have not been in this situation before. So I'm not saying that <laughs> I'm saying like, just, you know, whether it be a death in the family or, you know, I think maybe these things where I could get more tied into like my personal feelings and like, but the way that Emma Thompson's character, like still, her kids after the you know performance. Oh my gosh, you were so great! Just the ability to still be a mother and to still be, uh, you know, you know, be the role model for them or what. I think those scenes too kind of hit me more. Like, like yes, I, I just think Karen is like a real life character in this movie. Absolutely, she absolutely, and you're right. I mean, she's the queen. Emma Thompson <laughs> is the queen. She is a perfect actress and yeah. and i love how they paired it with the joni mitchell song because that song is all about seeing the highs and the lows of love and so it's like they took that song and made a storyline out of it and i just i love it yeah um so even as i just was talking about that i don't know if this one should be number one but the last one is daniel and sam so mm -hmm. daniel played by liam neeson who's the stepdad to uh sam uh thomas brody sangster is uh, his name and did you speaking of uh british things did you watch the queen's gambit i did not oh you would emma like, did but i did not yeah you would like that anyway he he pops up in that uh, uh in that uh tv show but um anyway all, all that said i i think i put this at number one um maybe not so much like kind of <laughs> It's it's pretty sappy. I, th I think also I get a little bugged at the end of how quick uh, uh, Daniel is able to move on to his recent <laughs> wife who has passed away. Uh, but um, it, it it's the thing I remember. And I do think th the payoff at the end is so good with them. And, you know, everything like from the concert to like going to the airport, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, Thomas Brody Sangster does just a great job, I think, as a yeah, young actor in this role. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know, it's kind of that in between of emotional, over the top funny. It's kind of almost like that sweet spot. So that's why I had mm -hmm. it at number one. I don't know if yeah. you agree or disagree. Yeah. I think I'd put it lower, yeah. but not bottom for sure it, i think it would be hmm, i just like four or three somewhere around there like the, upper middle the, the the way it comes through for this movie um mm -hmm. like if you put any of the other stories as the like really main catalyst of like this is what we're ending on even though the other characters are kind of interwoven between there uh, I just don't think it would, uh, the movie would work as well. Like, I think it was a good choice of going with this, you know, as far fetched as it is him is like, can you imagine telling uh, Henry to like, Hey, go watch the security guard. <laughs> 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 I 
Yeah. <laughs> I just see Emma going, <laughs> you just said the cops after my child. But yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. But um, they did have, they did have to have a chase scene for it to yeah. be a rom-com. And so they chose the kid, you know? Yeah. And I, th I thought that was great. And they had that homage to like the graduate where he, I mean, it was really brief, yeah. but he like bangs on the yeah, glass yeah, yeah. and yeah. yells. Um, and so, I, yeah, it was a great way to like wrap it up. And it connected Bill Nye's character to the rest. Cause Bill Nye was disconnected from everybody other right, than just right. being the rock star. Yeah. But he, his music allowed him, the little kid to do his thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, that, uh, yeah, that's where I'm at at though. So I would love to hear if people disagree or agree. <laughs> I'd love to hear feedback on that. Movie musings. Have you ever had a grand greeting at an airport? I don't think I have. And part of that is like, you know, we're sort of the post 9-11 generation. Yeah, it's a different and time. I'm either flying with my family or I'm flying by myself and <laughs> my family's not there to greet me because they're at home, you know, having baths yeah. and eating dinner. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the airport has uh, done a really great job of just completely cutting this off. Just all the stress to like, how long can I park in this spot? <laughs> like, you know, it's yep. like if somebody's getting off the gate and you're picking them up. You're like, Hey, come on. We got, in the car, you know, so yep. it might be a brief, <laughs> brief hugs and that, but I couldn't help but think about, uh, this movie just kind of brought to light. It was not a rival necessarily, but it was my departure. But when Whitney was pregnant with Hallie, she was about, so Hallie was born in September. So this was July. So Whitney was pretty far along and my ever first international trip was to Vietnam. And, um, she, uh, the night before, like we kind of knew what my itinerary was, but it was like for the first time sitting down and taking a look at it. And she realized like how long I would be in the air. And so she just, and she, she roughly says a lot of it was like hormones or whatever. It just like started like freaking out about <laughs> how long, yeah. not so much how long I was going to be gone, but like how far away or whatever like that. So when she drops me off at the airport, I'm meeting up with uh, my boss and she just loses it just and it, you, you you know whitney she's not very much like a a big <laughs> big crier <laughs> and like is completely and uh my boss scott was looking like is everything okay <laughs> you know and I, and I and i don't know what happened but i was just kind of like eh, let's just go you know and so and she said like as soon as we went through the gate she's like she was completely fine it was like finally <laughs> it was off she was like okay but anyway that's I, I just can't help but think uh, of that moment uh, when I saw this movie, especially at the beginning, you know, the montage of everybody. I love it. Yeah. Um, so what was there ever a Christmas gift? Uh, it could be good or bad. So in this movie, we talked a little bit about Alan Rickman and Emma Thompson's characters, and she gets the Joni Mitchell CD instead of the fine piece of jewelry. But uh, in a good way or a bad way, is there ever a Christmas gift that really caught you off guard? Yeah, there is. Um, this connects to Jim Henson and my love for the Muppets. <laughs> okay. Um, so when I was really little, um, I would say like three, four, maybe five, on my grandmother's Christmas tree, there was a Miss Piggy ornament of her as an angel. Um, apparently, 
I don't know, early 80s, there were a line of Hallmark, there was a line of Hallmark ornaments of the Muppets and they all had a different nativity. So Miss Piggy was the angel. And I would take that off the tree and play with it. And it, and I, it, it came with a smell, like a, um, like a baby powder smell, you know, and like memories and smells are connected. Yeah, yeah. And I played with it so much, um, I broke the wings off, broke the halo off. So in the end, it was just Miss Piggy. And I think, you know, probably my grandmother, thinking back I, as an adult, I'm like, kids breaking ornaments, I hate that. <laughs> um, okay, so I had that. And then it, I think I broke it. I just, it, it was gone. When I was, I wasn't like a young kid anymore. Cause I remember it, part of it was an awkward feeling. Um, so I might've been 12, you know, early teenage. For Christmas, I opened up a present from my grandmother and it was an, a mint condition in the Hallmark box, Miss Piggy ornament. And I open it up and I smell it. And it was the same smell. Yeah. And this is this is pre-internet. Um, yeah. And so my grandmother had called Hallmark and found a dealer, like who knew a collector, and she got it shipped. Wow, that's crazy. And so, I mean, you know, I have a huge love for the Muppets, um, but the care and just intentionality that went into that gift, like she remembered that I love that. Somehow she found it in the nation. I don't even know how, and I still have it. It's it's still in the box. It is not on my Christmas tree. <laughs> I, was about to, I was about to say, she, she was hoping one day you would have kids and they would, Stress they you would out, probably it. like no, no. I still have it. Out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, but that it's, that was one of those gifts that threw me off guard, you know. Oh, and yeah. I, I did feel a little awkward because, like, here I'm, like a twelve year old boy with this powder smelling Miss Piggy angel. Yeah. <laughs> but it meant a lot. It meant a lot. Yeah, that's a no. That's a great one. <laughs> so <laughs> she uh, loved your grandmother. Um, so this movie might be it, but the other, the last question I have for you is what's your favorite Christmas movie? So there's a theme. <laughs> Muppets <laughs> Christmas Carol. <laughs> you know, absolutely love actually ranks up at the top, um, but it's not the top. Mm -hmm. um, Muppets Christmas Carol. Yeah. Um, love actually would be like number two or three. Um I like the first part of Elf. Towards the end, I get a little bored. Yeah. Um, so maybe Love Actually is number two. But yeah, yeah Muppets Christmas Carol. Yeah. Um, I try to read Charles Dickens' original Christmas Carol every Christmas just because it's like, I mean, it's brilliant. And the Muppet version is the closest in terms of the literature. Like they actually use the language of the of the short story. And so, yeah, I really enjoy that. Yeah. Very nice. Um, What's yours? Uh, favorite Christmas. But I, I have a lot. Um, kind of just a go-to. It's just definitely one of those. They're on 
to be in the background, whatever. I just love National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. It almost gets, you know, it almost gets better as you grow older. <laughs> you know, one hundred percent. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot about that. That would be my number two. Yeah, that would yeah. be above Love Actually. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Um, lately, um, I, I still wouldn't put it as like the top Christmas movie, but it's kind of become a tradition of uh, of ours. Just me and Whitney of. Um, on Christmas Eve, um, kind of just after, you know, getting everything wrapped up and, and I'm sure you understand just the busyness of the holiday season. And, you know, it's all coming to that point. And we have thrown on Bad Mom's Christmas and we have just thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> so, I've never seen that. I'll have to check that out. Well, definitely. It definitely earns its rating, you know, but uh, it just it plays on that theme, especially, uh, I think, with interactions with like parents when it comes to holiday time and stuff like that. Uh, I think I mean, did you see the first Bad Moms? No. OK, so I, I don't know. Like I said, it definitely is a it, it's a R rated like movie. So, <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't know how Emma is with that, but I, I can see Emma laughing because it just it hits some it hits some very moment, f- funny moments. But I mean, it's like it's just a, it's a good like release like movie. And we've had it like on kind of still doing last minute rapping and that sort of stuff. And, you know, it's just kind of. You know, um, she uh, Whitney won't ever watch It's a Wonderful Life with me, you know, so uh, th- that's what I have to go to. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, they're really similar movies Bad Mom's Christmas, It's a Wonderful Life. Hey. so similar, <laughs> so similar. <laughs> Jimmy Stewart would be flipping in his grave. Uh, so. <laughs> rom com rankings quickly jumping back into this movie, and because we really kind of dissected the meat of this, uh. We'll go, we'll quickly kind of go through the categories um, because unless you have an argument, so the first category is the romantic chemistry between the leads. For this one, I just put like not available. There's just like too much going on in this. Would you agree? Yeah. Okay. I uh, agree. Yeah. I Number agree. two, I have the best friends aspect. Same thing. Uh, just too many. I, there's just too many things going on. I know, and that was like, and I think you said it earlier. That was the innovative innovative part of the movie is that the way they're all intertwined, the stereotypical best friend could be a character in another storyline. Yeah. You know, because they're yeah. all inter- interwoven. But there wasn't like the the best friend character. Yeah. 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 Um, so you talked about it a little bit, but the third category is the soundtrack. So uh, this is something like, you obviously you watch the movie a lot, but is it like something you have saved on your Spotify playlist or is one that you're familiar with? So I have a couple of the songs in my Ferguson Christmas playlist. Okay. So that I've curated over the years. So I definitely give the soundtrack and the score five. Is it stars? Five hearts? Hearts. Yeah. We? Yeah. 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 Five hearts. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So I, I listened to definitely watching the movie and I would say there's probably a lot of songs that are in the movie that aren't on the official soundtrack. I think there's like a Maroon five song in there and some other ones or whatever like that. Um, I gave it a solid four. listening to the soundtrack. I will say that there's some songs I just wouldn't normally listen to, but the songs that are familiar. Um, I mean, there's Kelly Clarkson on here, uh, Nora Jones, um, White uh, Whitecliff John, the uh, the calling wherever you will go is always a song I liked. Um, 
I think, you know, that Pointer Sisters song, Jump for My Love, works really well <laughs> yeah. in this movie. God Only Knows by the Bitch Boys, which is, you know, probably not a, a song you would ever associate with Christmas, but it plays really well uh, with this movie. I just, I gave it ultimately four hearts. Oh, also the score. You're right. The score is great. And it is kind of, it, it's really kind of genius how they meld it into Billy Mac's song, Christmas. Mm-hmm around which is his ultimate cheesy song but then you know bringing into this like beautiful you know orchestra inspired yeah it becomes a leap motif throughout the whole movie yeah it's just it's beautiful yeah so even though there's a couple of songs like i said i just i would probably you know definitely skip you know uh if they Mm -hmm. popped up even with those songs because even the Joni mitchell song on here is like i mean it is a downer which is (laughs) which definitely plays into the storyline but the I think these songs, like when you hear them, they are very like, it's a very inspired soundtrack. They just, Mm -hmm. um, uh, we were talking about uh, my conversation with Kyle on the wedding planner and we kind of made fun of that soundtrack because it definitely just felt like, (laughs) hey, what can we pull out of the library to insert, you know, it's like insert song here. And this one actually, I feel like Richard Curtis had a purpose for the songs being where they are. So that's, that's why I gave it four hearts. So uh, pretty sure uh, to me, I was, it's not love actually is probably not one I would have thought of ever as a having a great soundtrack, but it's probably definitely one of, one of those that's really up there. So for the fourth category, I have the chasing declaration of love. Um, I, I thought this one could actually play into this movie. Uh, what do you give it? Yeah. So I give it a four Okay. Um, because I think you've got the boy, what's his name? Is it Sam? Yeah. Okay. Sam's chasing. But then there's also with my favorite storyline with, Hugh Grant, he goes to the dodgy end of Mm -hmm. those terrace houses and he goes knocking on every door and every interaction is hilarious. Yes. Um, And, and he's chasing her. And I, I love that when he opens it, you know, these narrow little row houses in Natalie's house, there's like 12 family members ready to walk out, you know, and he's trying to make his love professional love. And and the mom's like, we're pretty late. (laughs) So it's not romantic, but for me, it's just, I love it. Yeah. um, I I actually gave it a five. I I talked a little bit about the same, the airport thing, but also, you know, um, I think Jamie's, you know, journey uh, to the village. Yes. I forgot about that one. Yes. I, I think how they intercut everything. And yes, totally cliche, you know, chase scene, you know, definitely airport is heavily involved in this, but I almost kind of feel like this is where everybody thinks of airport scenes. Like, uh, you know, this could maybe be the, um, I like for the second category, best friends category, I, I made that the inaugural Judy Greer uh, category. I think the chase, yep. this could be the inaugural love actually, <laughs> you know, uh, yep. category. Um, yeah. I just think even as cheesy as some of the things are actually how it's intercut and how it's paced, I think is brilliant. Um, and it's really funny. Um, so I remembered the scene you were talking about, you know, David going to all the houses, but like I completely forgot about the moment where that little kid asked him to sing a carol and then his mm-hmm. uh, bodyguard has a deep <laughs> baritone voice. So funny. That was a genuine like like a surprise. I just didn't remember that for whatever reason. And both me, me and Whitney really laughed a lot <laughs> at that scene. We thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> but 
Okay, so I, I think I can guess what you'd give this, but the last category is the rewatchability. Uh, what do you give it? Yeah, a five. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I yeah. I gave it four and a half because, like I said, there's just the Colin going to America. There's just some things in there I just can't go that full on. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but as far as like throwing it on, like I said, with this movie, I really kind of had to take everything that I just know about this movie and that's been made fun of and kind of put it on the back shelf. And even for its low moments, I think the high moments really like uh, make, make this like accelerated. So th this movie is number 24 on this list, the 50 best um, comes list. And I'm kind of, what number was it? It's number 24. Um, and okay. it, it, I don't know, just right off the surface, I, I feel like maybe like the holiday is above it. And I'd probably put this like in front of the holiday, you know, like, uh, mm. so, and wh while you're sleeping, I, I'd probably put it in front of while you're sleeping, just kind of thinking back, but, uh, that's just me. So, yeah, um, the holiday is another one of our British movies that we watched together in our house. And, you know, as I was watching, cause so the holiday was produced by Nancy Myers, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, as I was watching it this time, I kept thinking like, this is like a British Nancy Myers-esque movie in the way that um, like London looks clean and glamorous and modern. <laughs> and, and I'm like, and even the, you know, the dodgy end still looked beautiful, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, Nancy Myers, I love her as a director. Um, it's always like this just clean aesthetic. And I feel like they replicated or they had that in love actually. And maybe that's yeah. another thing that draws me to the movie. Yeah. It's not a dingy London, which there are parts of London that are dingy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, uh, I, I've, I've never been, but uh, I would definitely, uh, we were ones, we're the first to admit international travel doesn't completely appeal to us very much. But mm -hmm. when I've asked Whitney is like, if you could go one place like overseas, she, she says London. So, um, yeah, anyway, um, maybe yeah, we we're kind of the opposite. We try to get as many <laughs> passport stamps as possible. And yeah, like when, um, Jamie Colin first goes to Provence, like, yeah, it's just beautiful. Maybe we could stow away in your luggage sometime when you go to London to visit family. Please do. Please yeah. do. It, it might be a little bit over that weight limit on the scale, but. Recommendations. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> so recommendations, anything that you're watching or listening to or reading that you've been telling people? Yeah. About? Um, so I am, I've got two things. Um, so I'm in the middle of the new season of the crown. Um, oh, okay. No surprise. Yeah. It's one of my favorite shows. Um, and so they're doing the Diana death saga right now. Mm. Um, and then I just got finished reading, um, quality land, the book. Okay. Um, so on my commute, I do audio books, um, I've learned to not say books on tape because that dates me, <laughs> <laughs> but audiobooks. So I've, I've listened to quality land, okay, which is a book by a German author. Um, and they translated it to English, but the premise is it's kind of like maybe 10, 15 years in the future. Um, 
what would happen if Amazon, Google, and Meta took over like a country and the AI is so good that um, like the Amazon style company um, can perfectly predict what you're gonna buy. So it just sort of ships packages to you before you buy them because it knows you're gonna buy them anyway. Um, and the premise is this guy gets a, um, a package and um, it has something crass in it uh, that he doesn't want. Uh, so it's a, it's a pink dolphin vibrator. And so he goes to return it and they're like, yeah, of course we will return any uh, unwanted items. And he's like, great, I wanna return this. And like, nope, you can't return it. Um, it's not unwanted, you want it because we predicted you wanted it. So that's the premise. And so from then it goes on. In this future world, there's like smart AI, there's robots, all the cars are driving, but it's funny. And um, it's in the sort of the vein of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah. That sort of absurdist humor that's just a little bit too broad, a little bit too on the nose. Um, but on my commute, I thought it was a really funny read that really made me think about artificial intelligence as well, you know? Yeah. So those are my those are my two recommendations, Quality Land and The Crown. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, that that <laughs> until you said what was in the package, I was like, this this plot sounds a little too realistic <laughs> for my taste. <laughs> so it just seems a little bit too much true to life uh, in the yeah. at this moment. But um, so sticking with the British theme, um, do you also have Apple TV Plus? don't anymore so we subscribe enough to get ted lasso okay and then we're and then we cancel it okay well there's a small little show on there called uh, still up uh, that came out uh, this year and i would say it's not the uh it's not, not the most amazing show ever i was just looking imdb has a, a 6.6 .6 out of 10 which is probably mm -hmm. you know a, a good spot for it but it's it's a short little show, six episodes. Um, you know the British do that uh, so well. Yeah. Um, but it's basically about these two quote unquote friends um, who are uh, insomniacs, and they talk to each other in the middle of the night uh, to kind of keep each other company. But it's really witty and banter, and it's definitely. I mean, this is not spoiling anything. It's one of those like they, you know, of course they really like each other, but they both won't admit it. You know, but right, actually right. with the premise of. And he's like afraid to go out of his house. So he's always stuck there. And actually they did pretty well with that premise, especially dealing with like, they're like constantly on FaceTime with each other and that sort of thing. But it's a really cute show. And I, I would say if you like love, actually, um, you would probably really like this a lot. So it's kind of one of those like realistic slash, like this would probably never happen. But anyway, it's a, it's a really cute show, but uh, Hallie really liked watching it with us. And she just said she, really liked uh, listening to people with British accents. So she's been digging it. Yeah. And I'll say, uh, I know you told me about this a while back, um, but we, I, I've done a trial subscription to Paramount Plus, but we just started Ghost, the UK version. Uh, and yeah. so, yeah, so we've, we, we've been enjoying, we're just two episodes into that, but we've been enjoying that uh, as well. So that's a great show and i'd never even tried to watch the american version because the british version was just it was funny it was good it was yeah 
that's a great show. Yeah, we we never watched the American version uh, either, but I just thought we'd go with that one because because uh, Hallie enjoyed Still Up so much. I was like, yeah, I, yeah. I, think, I think you'll get the humor, you know. So, um, well, awesome. Well, thanks thanks for doing this. So this um, was awesome. Yeah, I feel you know, even though we have no plans as of yet to see you during this holiday season i feel like this is you know our way to you know <laughs> way to connect so absolutely uh, absolutely wendy after that conversation i had daniel and sam you know the father and the son as the number one and todd had david and natalie the uh, hugh grant storyline as his number one so you okay with those picks yeah i never i guess thought of the father and son i like that one now that you yeah said yeah I was just well, sticking to romantic comedies or romantic ones. Yeah, well, Sam was, you mm-hmm. know, he had the crush on the girl, you know, yeah. and chased her in the airport and all yeah, that. Yeah, no. yeah. Well, he had the crush on the girl, but I thought she, I, I'm, well, when you just said it, the father and son relationship, I didn't oh. really think about that. That's what you meant, right? <laughs> well, I just meant that storyline. Yes. Oh. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. The story that plays sure. out there. Yeah. Um, well, we would love to hear from our audience. Uh, what's your favorite love actually storyline or better yet? Which one do you think is the worst? So uh, find us on Instagram and Facebook at, at Movies or Life Pod um, to let us know. Remember, you can always visit MoviesOrLife.com for all of our episodes, reviews, and more. If you love the podcast, please take a moment to rate and review it. This really helps us with finding new listeners. It's that time, Whitney. Next week, we will be revealing our top 10 movies of 2023. I'm not going to make you list 10, but you could just say which one's been your favorite from this year. What is it? Not right now. You have time to Oh, <laughs> thank goodness. I thought you were going to make me name one. Oh, I feel it in my fingers. I feel it in my toes. Christmas is all around me. Uh, so make sure you're subscribed as we journey through the best of the silver screen from this past year. Merry Christmas, and I hope everybody's having happy holidays. Yeah. <laughs> that was your tag. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs>